HIV is a race-specific bioweapon. There has been global cooling for the last eight or nine years. And when you add up all those dates in the Bible and the six days of creation, you only get thousands of years. There's nothing in observational science that contradicts that. What? People on the internet gave me wage-infected monkeys. These people are absolutely nutbutters. Again, I'm sounding more and more like a douche. Hello, people of the internet. My name is Mars Power, and I'm on the Science of Sarcasm podcast. Now, uh, you probably guessed this is a little bit different to what you're normally used to on this podcast, because this is pre-recorded, and Shane isn't actually here with me at the moment online. Now, the reason for that is I'm currently moving house, and I don't actually have the internet, but that's no excuse you're probably saying, which is correct. Um, I was meant to record this about a week, two weeks ago, but unfortunately, all my spare time has been taken up dealing with DMCAs. Now, uh, in this podcast, I'm going to talk about that, what's happening to my channel, and I'm also going to talk about GMOs, and hopefully answer some questions that you guys gave me in the video, where it's hiding from my rage-infected monkeys from my lab. Yeah, turns out those bastards um, can pickpocket. Yeah, anyway, so... What's going on? Well, over the last two months, I've been making a series of videos critical of the AIDS denialist film House of Numbers. Yes, apparently AIDS denialism is a thing. Yeah, so what does AIDS denialism? Bloody hell, I can't talk properly. What does that actually mean? Well, it's basically a group of people. It's kind of a pejorative... I can't get my words up today. It's an insult, basically, uh, kind of, for uh, people who don't agree with what the overwhelming scientific data shows that a virus called HIV can cause AIDS. Um, now, these people uh, just disagree with that, and they can also disagree with each other, but that's okay as long as they just disagree with the official, you can't tell when I'm doing air quotes now, official story. Now, these people can believe that HIV doesn't physically exist. These people can believe that HIV does exist, but doesn't cause AIDS, um, that AIDS is caused by poppers, that AIDS is caused by poverty. And then you have like little fringe things that go off at the side that say things like uh, HIV tests don't work. They say that don't take any of the antiviral medication because it's just horrifically poisonous and that's what's going to cause AIDS. Now, this documentary that I'm talking about, House of Numbers, was pretty horrific. It's a really dangerous film. It's one of these things where, you know, you see and you're like, right, no, I have to do something here. I have to do my part to make sure that if, you know, to make sure this film isn't so dangerous. So I showed in my videos how deceitful it was in editing, how it misrepresented uh, some of the doctors and people on the actual documentary. I basically, <laughs> I, I was ripping into it pretty good style, I would say. And in my final part, well, it wasn't my final part, the fifth part, I was talking about a guy called Liam Sheff. I accidentally got his name wrong, sorry about that. And I was talking about this study made by this woman called Padium. Now, Liam saw the video and he wasn't very happy. In fact, he was so unhappy that he filed a DMCA against it. And he thought he was unfair in doing that because I used some footage of his from his YouTube channel. And he also didn't believe that these videos I made were for non-profit and for educational purposes because apparently I'm a paid chill and I'm doing this for propaganda. God knows what the hell that means. So he thought his DMCA was perfectly fine. Now, I, I've got to admit, this it did wind me up quite a bit. I was like, oh, bloody hell, what's this guy doing? And also, at the same time, he was really bothering me on Facebook. Uh, if you want to check it out, you'll see how horrific and childish some of the things he was saying uh, this guy is in his 40s, by the way, um, so it's 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 interesting, to say the least. Anyway, a day or two went by, and Liam took down his DMCA, and I was actually quite happy about this. I was going to let it go. I wasn't going to go 
any further and kind of, yeah, I was just going to let it go. Uh, but it turns out that I think that he only, the reason that he actually got rid of it was so that Martin Penny and the people of Knowledge Matters could then DMCA it themselves and then bring over two more DMCAs against two of my videos. So now I had three DMCAs, which normally would mean that my channel would be turned down, sorry, not turned down, turned off, switched off, deleted, whatever. But... For some reason it wasn't. Now I'm not sure if it was because one of my friends at YouTube was trying to help me out or if it was a glitch in the system. I honestly don't know but I was still up and running and during this time I was talking to people at YouTube and I was trying to get some help saying listen you know what's happening is and you know is, these are for these are, are covered under fair use you know what the hell can you help me out and they had a very strict stand they said you know no I'm sorry we have to be outside of the DMCA we want to be a third party here. Now, a lot of people don't like YouTube's stance in this, but what I can say is the people that I have dealt with and people that I know are really friendly and lovely people, and they did want to try and help me, but unfortunately, they couldn't. That's their job. Now, a few people out there are probably thinking, why can't I file a counter against these people? And the reason is because these people uh, are very prone to sue. Yeah. So I, I don't have that much money. Uh, the comments in my videos are incorrect. I'm not a well-paid shill. I pretty much don't have a dime to my name. So if I were to go through the courts, I'd be pretty much buggered. Either way, even if I wasn't, the, even if I wasn't the right, I couldn't afford it. I couldn't find the time of work. So I was really hesitant to do that. And I, um, this isn't me just being paranoid, by the way. This is me talking to people who are currently being sued at the moment, people who have been sued in the past, people who've written books about these people they've all said you have to be very careful because even though these people are absolutely nutter butters they do have a fair amount of money behind them um i mean for example martin penny uh, knowledge matters martin penny is a multimillionaire from leeds who used to be the ceo of uh, ghds those strainers so he's got a fair amount of cash behind him so i i couldn't go up against those and because it would ruin me now i have been looking into possibilities for me to you know, get out of this. But at the moment, I'm unsure. And at the moment, I'm in this seven day period between uh, my final DMCA and my channel being turned down. So at the moment, I don't know if in two days come Tuesday, if my channel is going to be here, if I'm going to be just deleted and, you know, gone into the ether. So that's a bit worrying. So yeah, that, that's what's been going on. So I just wanted to fill you guys in. And um, if as soon as I get any more information i'll obviously let shane know and if he wants to talk about it because shane has been awesome by the way over the past week and a half he has been absolutely brilliant and i owe him a few beers at least so yeah that's uh this first part of this podcast the second part i want to answer some questions that you lovely people on the internet gave me whilst i was hiding away from my rage infected monkeys that gone out now let's have a look at some questions do you think the general public is unaware of the enormous scientific and medical contributions GM, GM technology has allowed in the th past three decades? My God, I cannot get my words out tonight. Absolutely. Um, believe it or not, I am a real person and I know real people. I don't just hang around in this science bubble and just only talk to people who are like me. That'd be really boring. <laughs> and uh, no, So I do ask people what they think of GM technology and I will be there in I'll go visit my nana and the TV will be on and she'll be like, oh, I hate them GM stuff and all this kind of jazz. I do talk to people who don't like it. And I don't think people do know a lot about GM technology. I am not. I know this is sounding very up myself and very twat-like. Uh, sorry for that. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, how many people out there know that GM doesn't just mean food? Uh, that's one thing that I've, I've noticed is when you say, oh, what about GM technology? People always go, oh, crops, you know, Monsanto is a terrible company. And I'm like, oh, well, well, that's not the only thing that people have been genetically modifying. I mean, people do all sorts of fantastic jazz 
with bacteria. I mean, they can get them to produce bloody all sorts, but that never gets mentioned. If you mention about insulin, where it's being produced, you know, people will be, you know, they won't have a clue. And this is kind of worrying when you think about it, because uh, although the general public, and again, I'm sorry if I'm signing up myself, the people that I know, basically, and I've interacted with in my life, uh, even though they have very little knowledge of the technology and what people are trying to do, they are very opinionated against it. And some of them actively would go out their way to kind of stop it. And this, I think, is very dangerous because this technology is fantastic. It has so many options. Yes, it can be potentially dangerous, but everything can be potentially dangerous. So, you know, I think there needs to be more of a drive to bloody get the masses loving this stuff. How far away is the capability to make a horse with feathered wings and control over them? Or how about something not found in other species, like a functioning laser for a shark? <laughs> That's like Austin Powers, isn't it? Laser beam. Sorry, that was a terrible, terrible impression. Yeah, um, you're very far. You're thinking of it kind of wrong. Um, it, you can't just kind of take something off one animal and put it onto another. It's not really how genetics works. I um. I've been trying to think of an analogy to do this, and this is what I've come up with, but hopefully it's going to make any sense. Uh, hopefully it will make some sense, but I'm sure it's not going to. Uh, back when I was a kid, I had this toy where you put a piece of paper in it, and you used to spin the piece of paper in the middle, and you had paint, and you used to put paint on the top, and you used to make pretty pictures. Now, um, the way that you're kind of looking at it is if you have this pretty picture, which represents an animal, human, plant, blah, 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 whatever, um, you're looking at it and you're thinking, oh, right, my goodness, it, you know, it has this blue line splashing out that way. It must be, you know, you must be able to take that off and put that on. But that's not how genetics works. Genetics would be like, okay, the time. So it starts spinning, you put the red paint on, you put the blue paint on at a certain time, and you'll get something, if you keep doing it in that order over that the correct time and all this kind of stuff, you get paintings that look pretty much the same. Uh, so, yeah, the ability of just putting on... Uh, wings on horses to make pegasi, pegasus, pegasi, whatever, we, we, we can't do that. And hopefully my analogy was good. I don't think it was. I think it was kind of terrible. Sorry about that. Someone's asking, what's the difference between GMOs and crops that have been um, bred over hundreds of, if not thousands of years? Well, you know, it, it's it, this one mainly comes down to a language thing. Um, to genetically modify something means to use like physical sciencey winesy to <laughs> change something's genes. Even though you are changing the genes of something when you breed it, if you're selecting for certain traits that you like, you are changing it on a genetic level. It technically doesn't count. So it's more of a just semantics wordplay here. You know, you are altering their genes. So yeah, but what's the main difference between the two? It, you can't really say. It all depends on the specific example. So I can't really answer that one. Sorry, Allsport. Someone's asking, is there a good source to actually look at good GM research? Um, yes and no. If you go and look for a good journal, uh, you will probably find some good research. But you have to know what you're looking for. You have to have this background. You, I'm sorry, it's it's not a quick fix. You have to know what you're talking about to know if something's good or bad. And even then, you have to spend a lot of time understanding what they're actually trying to accomplish so there is no quick fix it's a case of you have to know what you're looking for before you look for it 
and that, that wait that sounds like a, it's a bit of a confirmation bias <laughs> you, you know what i mean you have to have a knowledge to understand what's going on i'm sorry there's no quick fix um again i'm sounding more and more like a douche and we have a video which is pretty awesome so i'm sure shane will play the video now in the middle of the 1970s, when recombinant DNA technology was new on the scene, prominent molecular biologists proposed a voluntary moratorium on its use in order to preempt public accusations that they weren't taking sufficient precautions to prevent dangers, such as novel pathogen genes escaping into the ecosystem. If such a thing happened, although there was no evidence it could happen, the government would almost certainly regulate the industry, and it's very hard to escape government regulations compared to self-regulation. So they wanted to stop doing any recombinant DNA work until they had good evidence there was no danger, or if there was dangers, they knew how to avoid them so the government wouldn't pass any laws. Do you think self-regulation is better than government regulation and the transgenic crop community should have a moratorium in order to prevent government regulation? And do you think that such a moratorium would work? The one in the 70s is widely seen to have been a failure. It's thought that the public, who didn't know what restriction enzymes or ligases were, first read about them in the newspapers when they heard that, oh, the scientists have stopped working on them because they're dangerous, and that's what they remembered. And it's thought that this actually led to public fears of recombinant DNA, and that current fears of transgenic crops could actually be a carryover of fears of recombinant molecules uh, that this moratorium partially led to. Do you agree with that assessment? That it could uh, the fear of transgenic crops actually be uh, related to uh, the fear of recombinant molecules in the 70s? And would self-regulation be better than government regulation? I don't think there really is a dichotomy here. I don't think you after having all self-regulated or all government regulated you need something in the middle because you need an authority to kind of say listen you can only go so far because it's okay having self-regulation but then what happens if you have a group or an industry or a certain wing of something that says you know what bugger that we want to push this further past something that other people the majority of people think ethical you would have nothing to really stop them so you need an authority like government to say no you can't do that. But at the same time, this is where the problem is. And again, going back to the first question is where do the government get what's acceptable, blah, 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 blah. And quite a lot of the time, they don't get it from people in the know. They'll get it from the voters. They'll get it from people who are protesting and stuff like this. And this isn't the best people to get this kind of uh, authority from. So really what I'm saying is neither. What you need is people in government who have a scientific background, who understand science, who understand what they're actually in charge of. That's what you need, because then they'll be able to make an informed decision where is the cutoff line, where is the safe point, where is the fuzzy point, not just from a health and safety point of view, but also from a like a, like a, like a popularity point of view. Because the last thing you want is for a slight mishap and because the whole world go bloody crazy <laughs> because that's what people are like when it comes to gm stuff as for where does um this fear come from uh, and you're on about like a 1975 paper or oh, 1975 uh, recombinant dna blah 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 thing um i'm not really sure because i wasn't around in the 70s i'm not that old um but from what i always thought was this kind of fear of gmos really came from the 90s um, it kind of came when this technology was first coming in. It was certainly when I really first became aware of it and when it was all over the bloody news. 
um, and I think it really came from people having very having questions about the technology, and the scientific community was quite late in stepping in and answering them and answering some problems and and you know being more open with what was going on. So I think in that vacuum, you had this kind of fear come from that, and it doesn't help that you know in Hollywood <laughs> they always have these scare the kind of bloody genetic experiments it does sound kind of frankenstein-y so I, I can see where that kind of came from but yeah i always thought it was kind of like more of a 90s thing but i can't really answer your you know, your question if it came from this 1975 thing because honestly i, I just don't know sport okay i have another question that asks about like the legality of basically gmos in america and all this kind of jazz and really um this is a very not a very good answer. It's not really something that I can answer. Um, when it comes to like things like this, opinions and stuff like that, I, I don't really like talking about this because um, it leaves me open. It's a very lame answer, but also I don't really, I don't want to say care, that's not the right word, but it's not really the thing that I'm interested in. Uh, I would be interested in, is this stuff dangerous? Does it do this? Does it do that? What are the benefits of it? How does it work? Yada, yada, yada. So I'm very much black and white, boom, 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 boom. And when it comes to a very human kind of point of view, I really back away. Now, you're not the only person to um, bring this question to me. I mean, a lot of people have said, um, are you very pro-Monsanto, even though Monsanto have been shown to do, <laughs> to put it lightly, some very dodgy things. And I've always answered, well, that's not what's on discussion here right now. What's on discussion is the actual GMO itself, whether or not a company is acting unethically or blah 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 doesn't affect the science behind their product so to me um it's a very lame answer but it's it's not something that i can really discuss because i don't know enough about it so sorry especially not in america i come from britain so and and we don't allow gmos over here Anyway, hopefully that answered a few questions you guys had. I know some of the questions were fairly lame and not what you were expecting, and hopefully I haven't been incredibly disappointing. Uh, and yeah, I just want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for having me on the Science of Sarcasm, Shane. Um, and yeah, hopefully if I'm still here <laughs> in a couple of days, uh, I'll, I, would love, yeah, I would love to come back and answer some more questions if anyone had me and if I wasn't that boring and that dull. Anyway, uh, I'll put you back on to Shane. Bye guys. Hey everyone, just wanted to give you a quick update. Miles' videos are now back up. You can see a link to them in the description of this podcast. So it looks like this is going to be a victory. Martin, what up? Martin Penny? Sorry, I don't really have time to edit this, so I'm just going to go ahead with it. Martin Penny didn't really understand the nature of how things work on the internet and that noise is my little girl who promised she would be quiet but doesn't seem to understand the concept. Uh, you're a big boy. I am a big boy now. You have to be quiet, sweetie. <laughs> uh, yeah, so basically, after the DMCA's were filed, a lot of people decided to spread the word about them and rather than just leaving the videos up and letting mile, a few thousand of miles of subscribers see them. Uh, the followers of people like... Shh, misses. The followers of people like Simon Singh, Ben Goldacre, and the EFF, the Electronic Freedom Foundation, have all gotten involved, and it has now probably been seen by tens of thousands of people instead. So, um, yeah, how did that censorship work out for you? Because now not only... 
have people seen the videos which you were trying to hide, but they've seen the fact that you were trying to hide them. And they've seen the fact that you failed miserably at trying to hide them. So that's a trifecta of fail. Excuse me, Mrs. I am trying to record a podcast. This is for science. Have you no respect? <laughs> okay, so I have to get this little madam off to school. Uh-huh. So, yes. So I am going to leave you with that. I will try to get back to the normal format with my next podcast. Keep an eye out for who that will be. I will be putting up an announcement video and asking for your questions as per usual. Uh, To those newcomers, I know there's quite a few of you. This is not really a good example of what this podcast is supposed to be. Kind of did this one on the fly. You going to say bye-bye? You say bye-bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.